Hey ladies and gents and welcome to episode 5 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything going on into the industry. As always, I'm joined with Jordan. Beyond! And Dominic. What's going on? So, what have we been playing guys? Uh, for me, I downloaded the Platinum demo last night with the, uh, as of recording this, the uh, Final Fantasy XV event was yesterday, or last night rather. Talked about all of that stuff, we'll get into that later in the news. But I played the Platinum demo, took me about 55 minutes, I played it in a collector's kind of mentality of trying to get as much things as I could through my first playthrough. Uh, it was good, like I said we'll talk about it later. Um, played a little bit more of The Division, still haven't, the Child of Light notice, still haven't gotten to it, <laughs> never gonna happen. Uh, been playing Smite, same thing. Um, and I was, I was playing Metroid, I own the original Metroid on um, the 3DS. And I was playing through that. I just I was um, listening to podcasts. I wanted something just to to play as I was listening, and uh, I hadn't played Metroid in a very long time, so it was just cool to get back in there. I didn't beat it or anything. I was messing around, um, but yeah. So the the biggest dive for me probably this week was the Platinum demo, just because it was something that was so out of my wheelhouse, and uh, yeah, it was really interesting. So uh, that's what I've been playing this week. Well, uh, let me tell you, I downloaded <clears throat> Mitomo today <laughs> on my phone, and it didn't work. Oh, wow. Couldn't even open the app, so. <laughs> wow. That's my experience with that. I bet you were really bummed out about that, dude. Well, I mean, it was one of those things. I was curious. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. But, oh, well. That is, that's sad. Uh, hopefully that's not a sign of what's to come for Nintendo in the mobile scene. <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard of anyone else having problems with it either. Everyone else seems to kind of like it from what I've heard so far. Did you finish Automatron? Uh yeah yeah I did um it was fun like I said last week um some cool stuff the, the robot building is pretty fun uh the, the quest was the quest I guess it was there <laughs> um yeah it was fun so so for me um we've been it's been a long running topic that I've been playing the original Mass Effect of course and I finally completed it this week whoop whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed that game. It's like I said, I'm I'm still totally on a sci-fi kick from Star Wars last fall, and totally scratching that itch. I really love Mass Effect. Um, I'm very excited to get into the rest of the series, but since I've heard so many good things, especially about two, I'm just gonna give it a little break, maybe a week or so before I start that one because. Especially since Andromeda has been delayed, I don't want to play them all right back to back and not have. You anything. want to pace yourself a little bit. You got, yeah, you got right. time. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I, I'd kind of like to string them out up until the release of, or at least close to Andromeda. So, finished that game. Had a great time. Um, and one thing, Jared, you might even get a little upset with me. I screwed up on here with Mass Effect. I didn't even start thinking about romance until the very end, and it was already too late. Wow. <laughs> I was just, I screwed. So, I screwed it up, but that just incentivizes me for subsequent playthroughs. So, I'll, I'll come back through and, and uh, hit up Liara, you know what I'm saying? So, yep. <laughs> especially since she technically doesn't have a gender, and you can go... Because, uh, I don't know if people know this, as... Uh, forward thinking as Bioware is they didn't let you do uh, same sex couples unless you did it with Liara who's an Asari who don't have genders so 
Uh, all the guys in Mass Effect 1 are kind of boring as shit. Even though Rex and Garrus are cool, Caden... T- Spoilers for Mass Effect, you have to um, choose either Caden or um, Ashley to kill. And I was like, you know what? Caden can go screw himself. So. Oh, well, you're in my boat. Cool. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, exactly. what I did. Caden's <laughs> like one of the most boring characters in that entire game. So I, I wanted to get with a, a lady because all the guys were boring as hell. So... Liar is my girl next time I play. Um, and then besides that, I have started working on the Platinum Trophy for uh, Assassin's Creed Unity. That's my second playthrough there, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. And uh, really happy with uh, the DLC for Assassin's Creed Syndicate that I just downloaded, the Jack the Ripper campaign. Oh, it sounds cool. It's really cool, man. It's obviously about Jack the Ripper... Um, and you know how Assassin's Creed likes connecting everything to history through the Assassins and Templars. So he's like a rogue assassin who's been, um, killing off what the world sees as these prostitutes, but really they're female assassins. Oh, wow. He's like going against the creed. Yeah. And, um, takes place 20 years after the main game and you play as Evie, who's pretty much everybody's favorite character from that game. So they did a lot of things right. And... It's even got this, like, takes place in the wintertime, so it's, like, snowy London. That's and cool. there's, like, this, like, whole horror vibe because of the Jack the Ripper thing. So, um, I know we had mentioned, like, with the Bloodborne Old Hunters, what what is good, like, essential DLC, and I think this totally is in that boat. Um, I'd recommend Jack the Ripper DLC to anybody who loves Assassin's Creed Syndicate. So, so Jack the Ripper was a good guy, then? Well, I, I don't want to spoil too much for the story, just in case anybody wants to play it, but um, like I said, he used to be an assassin, he's like part of the creed, and then he's like essentially gone crazy and just started turning against the Brotherhood, so. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, he's he's kind of on a crusade in that sense, and um, they have all these, like, you play a little bit as Jack, but mostly as Evie. And so they have all these new game mechanics that are based around fear and frightening your enemies. And so you've got like spikes that you can shove into people's arms and make them scream on the ground. You've got like um, green goblin bombs that you can throw at people and they shoot out orange smoke. So um, there's a couple other different things that um, add to like your fear gauge. And so it's a cool new mechanic. That's cool. I like the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think... uh... I think I'll definitely pick up the Buffalo Bill DLC for Fallout. <laughs> All right, Jared, what's the news? Oh, funny that you'd ask that. Um, so our first bit of news here is that the Games for Gold were actually released uh, last week, um, but we wanted to wait for the PlayStation Plus games to get revealed so we can kind of talk about that and see who quote-unquote won, even though we're all getting free games, so that's cool. Um, yeah, we all win. Well, you're subscribing to a, a service, and the games are yours as long as you're subscribed. Let's let's be clear. So, uh, Games with Gold for Xbox One, first half of the month you'll be getting... Actually, the whole month, 1st through 30th, you'll be getting Wolf Among Us, um, the awesome Telltale series. And for April 16th to May 15th, you'll be getting Sunset Overdrive, which is a fantastic game. Um, as Jordan has said, I haven't had the chance to play it, but apparently it's a really good game. has great scores. People love that game. On Xbox 360, the first half of the month, you'll get Dead Space, which is also backwards compatible on your Xbox One. Same with Saints Row 4, it's available the second half of the month. And on PlayStation Plus, 
You have Dead Star and Zombie, which are available for the PlayStation 4. Dead Star is an arcade shooter, and Zombie was the release title for the Wii U that's now been ported over to the PlayStation 4. Um, on the PlayStation 3, you have Savage Moon, which is a tower defense game, and I Am Alive, which is a post-apocalyptic survival game. And coming to the Vita, we have a puzzle game called A Virus Named Tom and a fish-themed shooter named Shutshimi, which I'm probably saying wrong. Um, looking at this, I think that Xbox has arguably the way better, not arguably, I guess just a way better lineup for this month. Uh, Jordan, you have a couple of things to say about PlayStation Plus the last couple of months? Yeah, so uh, I mentioned before the podcast that this is our second month in a row where we just got a real bad game. Um, last month was Reality Fighters for Vita, which is a notoriously abysmal game for the Vita that uses all the gimmicky touchscreen and rear camera um, oh God. mechanics. Yeah, and um, then this month we get Zombie, which is um, maybe not a stinker per se, but like not necessarily a game that people uh, are clamoring for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not like a, a game that's looked on positively. So um, I guess, Jared, you're Xbox, and, and Dom, you play PS4. So I guess I'm the only person here that has both consoles. Um, and being a subscriber to both services, man, Xbox has been not killing it, but they've been on top for a while now because... You know, I get the fact that you're getting more games with uh, PlayStation. They have three consoles to uh, give away games for as opposed to the two that Microsoft does. But at the same time, Microsoft's giving away four games, so it's nothing to sniff at. And they're, like, they're not knocking it out of the park, but they're knocking Sony's games out of the park in comparison. I mean... Dead Space is one of my favorite games of all time, as well as Sunset Overdrive, so the fact that those games are free is honestly astonishing to me. Dead yep. Space and, is fantastic. Yeah, and just the fact that, like I said, that we've gotten two months in a row with some PlayStation stinkers, and that's just... It's not alright with me. Well, the crazy thing is all four of those games are really solid games, and they're all, they're all different. Yeah. Yeah, Wolf Among Us, you have an episodic storytelling game, right? Narrative-driven. Dead Space, horror, obviously, um, which is the most horror out of the Dead Space series. Um, Sunset Overdrive, wacky, super high, uh, superhero-style game going all over the place. And then Saints Row is um, your poor man's GTA, which in all reality, it's as solid of a game, right? Look, people love the Saints Row games. Yeah. And wacky as well, but I, the, I, I, I agree with you that Xbox is nailing it um, as far as giving people more of what they want for free. Um but, I mean, PlayStation uh, is has some things up its sleeve. Like, for instance, uh, Shadow of the Beast, which is a remake for PlayStation 4, uh, is coming out soon, and the release date was actually announced. Um, it's from developer Heavy Spectrum, and it was announced that the PS4 exclusive will debut on May 17th. So, on PlayStation's blog post, Heavy Spectrum CEO Matt Birch revealed that the studio made significant changes to the game in the past few months. Among these are updates to the combat mechanics that they feel buttery smooth, while main character... Airbron, I believe is how you pronounce it, has been given new abilities that aim to provide much more depth to gameplay. You can see some of these in the video above. And on the article at GameStop from Eddie, uh, it shows a little video showing off uh, Shadow of the Beast, so another PS4 exclusive here. I don't think this is going to get people, you know, this isn't a system seller by any means, but it is a cool little thing that, you know, PlayStation owners have to themselves. And hopefully it's a good game. That's really all that matters, whether it's a remake or not, if it's exclusive or not. Hopefully it's a good experience, right? But Jared, 
Does it have a clean sheet design, though? I don't know if it's going to have a clean sheet design. That's what we're looking for, Jared. <laughs> uh, nothing here says clean sheet. Buttery smooth, Oh, that's but not clean sheet. Talk about keywords, man. Buttery <laughs> right? smooth. Buttery smooth. Um, so... A, a really interesting story here, um, I think is really interesting, is that Ubisoft is opening a new studio uh, in the Philippines. It's going to be in Santa Rosa Laguna, um, which is 35 kilometers from Manila's main business center. And uh, it'll open up during the spring to employ up to 50 people. And it's going to be working in association with um, a university there, the La- uh, LaSalle University campus, so it can basically foster young talent. And it's Ubisoft's third Southeast Asian location, which I wasn't familiar with. Uh, they actually have a location in Singapore, and they have a location in China, which is really interesting. Um, obviously, there's no Assassin's Creed this year, but it doesn't mean that Ubisoft is halting production on anything. They have a bunch of games coming out. Um, there's the other Tom Clancy game. What is it? Badlands, I believe it's called. Uh, what are the other Ubisoft games coming out this year? Watch Dogs 2. Yeah, probably Watch Dogs. That's, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, support for the division. There could be yeah. something that we don't know about, like a Rayman game or something. Um, yeah, like Ubisoft makes a bunch of games, and they've been knocking out with the like AAA indie games, as you would call them. Like Valiant Hearts is a phenomenal experience. I love Valiant Hearts. I think we'll get one another one of those. I hope year. so. Yeah. Did you play Valiant Hearts? I did not. Um, I've got it all downloaded and ready to go, but because it was a PS Plus game. Um, back when they were actually putting good games on the lineup, um, <laughs> that game but, is sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down with with uh, these huge companies making, like you said, AAA indies. I mean, as long as they're not like trying to act like hipsters and be like, "Oh, look at us, we're EA making Unravel," you know, as long as they're doing it for good reasons, which I think they are in both EA and Ubisoft situation. Yeah, definitely. The next story here is that the Hitman Episode 2 release date was announced. It's coming out April 26th, and from what Jordan said, this was kind of their their uh, their plan going forward. Is about a it's been going to be about a, a week, uh, a month, and a week um, from the release of the first episode. And the second episode is taking place in Spain, Sapienza, Spain, I believe. It's Italy. It, oh, Italy. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so they're meeting the expectations that they set forth for themselves and for people, right? This is coming out uh, a little over a month from the first episode, a lot quicker than what people are used to with the Telltale games. Um, I think this is good, but from what I've seen, people had trouble playing the first episode. There was a lot of like connectivity issues. People are getting kicked off of the servers nonstop. Um, the release wasn't great for this game, so hopefully they can hit this episode 2 out of the park. Um, it's cool that they're delivering so early on, though, so people are still interested, right? Yeah, I think, honestly, I don't think people are going to be able to formulate their full impressions of this game until it's, like, the entire thing is fully out. And I don't think they're even putting out a retail disc until next year, so it's going to be a while. Oh, wow. Do you think this is one of those games that people are just going to forget about in conversations until the full game is out? So, like, you know, it happens with Telltale too, but I feel like because Hitman isn't necessarily driven by its storage, driven by its gameplay, it's a kind of a different breed of animal, right? For it to be episodic in this way. I forgot about it. Yeah, so I it's it's I think it's interesting taking this kind of game episodic. We've talked about that before. At least with like Telltale, you, the episodes you don't have a full indication of the game as the episodes are coming out, but like a TV show, you have these 
these pillars of like, oh, episode three, that's the episode you need to play. Whereas with this, it's like they're individual like areas with missions, and uh, it's it's I don't know, it's it's weird. It's gonna be interesting to see how this game succeeds critically and uh, financially. You know, I I don't want to talk about this too much because I already had my own topic about Hitman, but I really think they're just botching the crap out of this release. I think. You know, it was supposed to come out December 1st. The full game was supposed to be out last year on December 1st uh, or December 8th, something like that, beginning of December. You know, I don't know why they didn't just delay it for a year and put it out this fall as the full game. Because, like you said, people are not going to bring this up in conversation as, oh, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I love that game. No one's going to go, oh, yeah, well, I've been playing Hit. Well, I've been playing part of Hitman. And I really like that game. It's just not something that people are going to talk about because it's in the eyes of gamers it's not a full game until it's fully out speaking of games coming out actually off of that (laughs) um there are rumors that call of duty uh this year is going to be returning to space which is interesting considering that we have these rumors that battlefield is going back to world war one trench warfare so these big these two big franchises are going in completely opposite directions. Obviously it's a little different for Call of Duty because they have those three studios kind of rotating in, right? One comes in and then the other ones are working on it. So you have a new studio releasing a new Call of Duty game every year. Um, I think that the market's really going to speak on this. It's going to uh, gamers are going to let people know whether or not they want something more futuristic. It seems like the market's flooded with that. I think Battlefield going back to World War One. It was funny because we were saturated with World War Two games for the longest time, right? And now it's we're flooded with future tech. So I'm interested to see which one of these two games will you know take off. Man, I, all I know is I'd much rather play a game set in space than World War One. I mean, depending on how they do it, World War One sounds like an awfully boring setting to me. That's interesting. Me, are you telling me you don't want to play Trench Simulator? Exactly. See, for me, for me, that's really interesting because for me, when I play Call of Duty, I don't, I don't want to play it in space. I want to play a shooting game where it's more based in things like when I think Call of Duty, I think military. When I think military, I don't necessarily think space. If I want a space game, I want a sci-fi game. You know? Well, yeah, between the two, I guess, is what I'm saying. I'd rather have this Call of Duty space game, but neither particularly particularly sound appealing to me. Generally. Yeah, and the thing is with all of these, like, with Titanfall 2 going to be coming out and stuff like that, and then, you know, obviously there's Halo. I think going World War One though, you're not particularly interested in it. It opens an avenue for people to, when they go to a game store or they see things online, it's like, space, space, space. This is interesting. I've never played a World War One game. Yeah. You know, I think being different is is interesting. And um, World War One does fit. You know, Dice's you know M O. Like they, it, it's more comfortable for them to go back to that than to go back to sp- go to go to space. I think. Oh, I, um, I absolutely adore the idea that you know they're trying something different, right? I mean, yeah, the the, the FPS genre definitely needs that. Um, it's just they're gonna have to really sell me on the World War One setting as well. If they can do it right, then I'm sure it'll be great. But And both of these are rumors. Neither of these are confirmed. We don't yeah. have confirmation that Battlefield's going to be set in World War One. We don't have confirmation that the next Call of Duty is going to be in space. I'm quoting you, Jared. <laughs> oh, God. Please don't. Um, but for me, I think that Call of Duty being in space is more likely. Uh, yeah. The Battlefield thing does sound likely, but if I had to pick one of these two that I'd have to put money on, it'd definitely be that the next Call of Duty is going to be in space. Sure. Um especially with the way they're it looked like they were it's funny how Call of Duty is going more towards Halo and Halo is going more towards Call of Duty as far as gameplay concern um it's really weird 
Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with these two blockbuster franchises that no matter what they make are going to rake in tons of money. Um, so speaking of tons of money to be made, uh, going back to when I was talking about me playing the Platinum demo, the Final Fantasy Uncovered event for Final Fantasy 15 was yesterday, or last night of recording this. Um, there's a bunch of things. So they released a free demo for Final Fantasy 15 called Platinum Demo. It's its own standalone. Uh, you take uh, you take control of the main character of Final Fantasy 15, Noctis, in a younger state. He's a little boy, and you're in a dream that he's having with a companion named Garbuncle. Cool thing is, when you finish the game, you can rename that character to whatever you want to name it. To anything um, other than Garbuncle? <laughs> yes. To literally anything other than Garbuncle. Um, I played it. Uh, it was, you know, 50 minutes. Uh, we'll get into that in the topic. But, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's cool that they did the, you know, the Bethesda thing of it's available now, like they did with Fallout Shelter. Um, they also announced a... Uh, a little like side game thing like a mobile game that's going to be in Final Fantasy 15 but you can play it on Android and iOS it's called Justice Monsters 5 it looks like pinball meets Final Fantasy if that interests you um, they announced the CG film that's going to be coming out uh, feature length it's called Kingslave and it has a star studded cast uh, Lena Headey is going to be voicing the the daughter of the king Queen uh, Sean Cersei. Huh? said Queen Cersei Right, Sean Bean, also from Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings fame, is going to be voicing the king himself, and Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad is going to be voicing one of the main protagonists that's part of the Kingslave. Um, he's this really cool character. I forgot his name, but he has like Nyx's, I think is his name, N I N Y X S or Z or something, and he has like these two daggers. Really cool character. It was announced today that none of these people are going to be voicing the characters for the video game. They're only going to be for the Kingslave feature film, which is kind of disappointing. But you know, dumb. those people are probably pretty expensive. Um, well, and they're they're actors. I mean, they're TV and movie actors. So, but if you're voice acting in a in a movie in a animated movie, you know, yeah, I guess it can't be that different. Um, they also announced a prequel anime series called Brotherhood, which contains five episodes. The first one is already up and available at their YouTube page, and it basically takes the four main characters. And gives you a little bit more information about them from their birth to where you start off with them in the game, which I think is really cool. And uh, they also announced two special editions, a deluxe edition and an ultimate collector's edition, which I don't have to go too much into that, obviously. The deluxe deluxe edition gives you bonus in-game content and stuff like that. And the ultimate collector's edition gives you a statue and a bunch of really cool things. And what's the price Uh, on that one? uh, I I believe it was like... $300 300 or $400, right? I didn't I check the like exact price. 270 is what I saw. 270 Does it come with a VR headset? <laughs> no. Um, but it comes with a lot of crazy stuff. It comes with like a, a soundtrack and uh, like a still book. It comes with um, your own physical copies of Kingslave and Brotherhood. Uh, so it's like a, if you're an ultimate, like obviously these, that's who these, these are for. Um, an Ultimate Final Fantasy fan, you're probably going to want to pick this up. There was only 30000 I wouldn't be surprised if they're already sold out. Um, they went on sale last night. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. Um, like uh, Jordan was actually saying before we started recording, it seems like this was a move for Final Fantasy, for Square Enix to say, you know, we've taken so long on Final Fantasy that we want to give you a lot of cool stuff to be excited for. They announced the release date. That was kind of spoiled by GameSpot early on. There's actually a story talking about how... Um, GameSpot kind of screwed themselves for releasing that because now they broke NDA and there's a big old thing with that. Uh, but this this event was crazy. Were you guys surprised at how much stuff was actually announced for Final Fantasy? Uh, yeah. I mean, 
I was kind of skeptical on really they need a whole event just to announce the release date for this game. But I mean, they kind of justified it um, with all the shit they just announced. So, <laughs> right. But I don't think it's shit, and I don't think that's what you meant. But, <laughs> well, I didn't mean shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, I just I think people need a reason to be excited for this game. It's almost like you know, um, it's like your buddy's like, dude, I got this mixtape coming out. You're gonna love it. It's gonna be the best thing ever. And then two years later, he's like, dude, this <laughs> mixtape's about to be so fresh. And you're like, all right, dude, well, release it and let me hear it, and then I'll judge that for myself. <laughs> And that's kind of how I feel uh, Final Fantasy has been, where it's like, guys, we've got this game, and it's just going to be so cool. And they're doing these, like, active time reports or whatever they're called, where they're, like, updating you on this forever game that they're making. And I just feel like at some point you have to be like, okay, it is coming out at this time. You should be excited for it because it's going to be an awesome game. But because of the fact that we've made you wait for literally 10 years for this game we've got all this other stuff to keep you excited for it and like the youtube series is free um i'm sure that mobile game is going to be free even if it has microtransactions um so like the fact that they're giving away free stuff is even bigger the demo is free as well so that's a big like that's a big power play for them to get people back on their side because there's not a whole lot of people that are in their camp when it comes to you know, positivity about Final Fantasy 15. I'm right, sorry, I mean, given, Final Fantasy versus 13. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Given, like, the, the spot they were in, they did everything right during this event, right? Yeah. I mean, everything they, they could have possibly done right, they did. Obviously, up till now, like you said, it's been, what's going on over there? Is this is this coming? Or Yeah, exactly. But what this, this event was good, definitely. I mean, it, it, it grabbed my interest as someone who's never played any Final Fantasy, Fantasy ever. Exactly. It it grabbed my interest so much that as soon as it ended, I downloaded Platinum Demo and I played it. It was about 50 minutes. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to transition to the topic right here. Thank you guys for listening to the news portion. We're going to hop into the topics. So the Platinum Demo, I want to get into this. I played it. took me <laughs> about 50, 55 minutes. Um, and it was, like I said, I played as a collector. I was collecting all the gems I could and all that stuff. Um, this world really intrigued me because Final Fantasy has always been something kind of in the Metal Gear sense where it seems like there's a lot of convoluted stuff going on and if you're not in early, it's going to be hard for you to get in it all right. Yep. Um, and with this game, uh, the gameplay changed dynamically and for me that's a huge thing. I don't like turn-based games, um, even though I play Pokemon all the damn time. But like for me, playing on a console, I don't like turn-based strategy games. I don't like turn-based combat games. It's not my thing. When I saw this was more of a hack and slash game, and it was an open world game, and it was weird because it was like fantasy mixed with current day with the cars and the cell phones and stuff, I was like, this is weird, but I like it. Um, and I was like, you know what? There's a platinum demo. I can play this game, get a feeling for the gameplay, and I can find out if I want to play this game. I got into that game, and I immediately loved it. I love the music is phenomenal. I love the music in that game. Yeah. Um, the game looks pretty. The gameplay's fun. Uh, it it feels a lot like Kingdom Hearts in a sense, which is not. It feels like Kingdom Hearts in a sense, which is not too weird, um, obviously because it's Square Enix. Uh, but I love the game. I've never beaten a Final Fantasy game. Um, I understand references when they showed the Chocobo and they showed him riding it. Everyone got excited. I understood why that was exciting. Um, so I'm kind of in Greg's Greg Miller's camp where 
I understand and respect the franchise and appreciate it, but I have never fully delved into it. And I honestly feel as if I'm going to be buying Final Fantasy 15 and playing it and enjoying myself. I love the Platinum demo. Uh, Jordan, you said you downloaded it, right? You just haven't gotten to it yet? Yeah, I haven't gotten to it, but I'm definitely excited to play it. I've, um, I've already not played extensively, but I've played the episode Dusk Eye demo as well. And it's a cool game, man. They did the right thing where they finally realized um, for so long Kingdom Hearts had been borrowing pieces of Final Fantasy's combat and game mechanics. And then they were like, hey, maybe we should switch that around and borrow some Kingdom Hearts mechanics for this game. And I think that's really going to pay off because um, they got away with the turn-based kind of-esque stuff during the 13 trilogy. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's really not necessarily turn-based, but it still has its roots in that. Yeah. Um, and uh, everyone always says that the highlight of, of the 13 trilogy is its combat system. So I think that was the latest that they could have gotten away with it. Now in 2016, there's no way that you're going to be able to just make a straight um, turn-based role-playing game. That's why they're not doing it for Final Fantasy VII Remake. So... Very smart to go with the uh, Kingdom Hearts influence, and um, you know, last few episodes ago we were talking about, or I was mentioning that um, I decided not to to pre-order or buy Star Wars Battlefront just because I felt like EA had done, they had really abused their customers in a lot of ways, um, kind of just kind of stripping that game bare. And making you pay for the season pass to get a really full uh, $60 experience. So I'm kind of sitting in the same boat here where it comes to Final Fantasy XV and Last Guardian. I am like, I'm totally interested in these games and I want to play them. But I really can't say that I'm going to pre-order either of those games. Because that's really just rewarding these people for, you know, taking 10 years to make a game and continuously saying... Oh, you'll get it. You'll get it. Just stay excited, and 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 it'll come around eventually. And that's that's not how you treat your customers. That's not how you treat gamers as an audience. So I can't say that I'll pre-order these games just because you know on on the general uh, principle. But I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that, but. I, it does suck that they took so long to come out with this game, but at least they said it was in the works and it, it is eventually coming out. We've never heard anything about any third game from Valve ever. True. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this game was, what, 10 years in the making? Wait, Jared, are you telling me you're not excited for the uh, Portal Vive demos? Oh, I can't wait. So yeah, excited. that full-fledged Valve game that they've been working their butts off? Um. You know, for me, this is really cool because, like, I've never been super enriched in the Final Fantasy universe. Yeah. But with this game, I'll feel super comfortable because they have the five animated uh, anime episodes, right? So I can get familiar with the characters. I can digest them on my own time. I can either take the episode one and get them as they come out or I can wait for all five of them, which I'm probably going to do. There's the movie that's going to come out. So it, for me, this is a great time for me to jump in because I was able to play the demo. I really enjoyed it, so I knew if I was going to like the gameplay, Not obviously not everything, but a little sampling, right? Yeah. And I'll be able to jump in and kind of feel as if I'm getting to this point where I, with everybody else where I don't feel lost. I can watch the anime and watch the movie and be like, oh, this is a, you know, I'm I'm on pace with everybody for this specific version of Final Fantasy. And that's really cool to me because 
I always felt as an outlier not knowing about Final Fantasy because I have so many friends who love Final Fantasy and people just talk about it all the time and I'm always the guy that's like, I've never played one. I don't really like them, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't think I'm necessarily going to pre-order this game either and I don't know if it's a definitive buy for me, but everything they said they were going to do and everything I've seen so far makes me want to buy this game so bad. And I just, it's cool. And maybe that's just me wanting to play Kingdom Hearts and this is going to fill that need, but... I just like like the weird stuff in it, and uh, yeah, I, I like it. What, what about you, Dom? Are you planning on buying this game? Are you interested in downloading the demo? What's going on? So, for you? I mean, the, the smartest thing they did on top of this event was the demo. I mean, that that's huge to me, especially. I mean, how many games come out with demos nowadays? It's well, and the, un- the fact that it's of. free because the the other one had you had a pre order or something, right? You had to get um, Final Fantasy Typo HD. Yeah, so this so, is no strings attached. It's completely free. Exactly. So people like me who have never been into this series at all, even in the slightest, you know, catch a glimpse of some of this hype, but, you know, we're still still borderline on the fence. You know, it's it's a tough thing to jump into a whole new genre, a whole new series. You don't really know. I mean, that's even just for $60, like, that's kind of a, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. The demo completely alleviates that. I mean, you'll know, right? Yes. That's why, I mean, I've been loving the 3DS because so many games have demos. I mean... Me jumping into Fire Emblem, I was at least able to play the demo for Awakening before dropping $40 on um, on Fire Emblem Fates. So the demo is huge, and that was really smart of them. So, I mean, after I play the demo, I, I have a good feeling I'm going to like it, and I'll probably end up buying the full game. But well, The crazy thing, too, is like they nailed it in like, okay, we're going to give you all this gameplay and get you familiar with the world. And we're going to give you this weird little character with a terrible name. If you introduce a cute character into a game... People are going to love it no matter what, what if it's what done What was the right. name again? Garbuncle. Garbuncle. <laughs> I keep wanting to call him Garfunkel, what? like Garfunkel and Oates. You know, he's like the, uh, he's like the anti-version of, of Garfield. So this isn't really, this isn't really spoilers, <laughs> but you find out that uh, obviously uh, Noctis's dad was the king, and um, you find out that this Garbuncle was actually a little like wooden statue thing that he puts on his bedside cabinet, and he says, "When your dreams, this thing will protect you." Right. So when you finish the demo, you get to name it, and I was like, "What am I gonna name it?" I actually want to name it something weird like Grandpa. Uh, I thought that'd be hilarious if you just had this like little weasel thing in his name, Grandpa. I actually ended up going with Limbo, um, and that will transfer into the full game when it comes out. I thought it was a cool take on it because he protects you in your dreams. You know, Limbo is a state between like heaven and hell and death and all that kind of stuff. So I thought it was an interesting take on that. Uh, I was either going to go with something really weird or something cool, and I went with something cool, thankfully. Um, so I don't have to explain when I'm playing Final Fantasy XV. Why is that weird thing with you named Grandpa, you know? No, I, I love that sentiment. So um, I did the same thing with my dog. So I have like a, a little chihuahua, and his name is Preston. I just, Ella. I love the idea of like an overly complicated human name on a little animal, you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, but at least that's a name. I've never heard anybody named Garbuncle. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. I guess Ass Monkey was taken or something. Jeez. But this... So, I think this is really cool in the sense of, like, all of these individual game companies are doing events for their own games, and they all have a mission, and a lot of times these these companies don't hit that mission statement. With Square Enix, I think it was, we need to get old Final Fantasy fans excited for this, and we need to get people who don't know what the hell Final Fantasy is excited. And on the end of people who don't know anything about Final Fantasy, they did their job. 
Um, and I'm pretty sure from what I've seen and I've read on Twitter and everything, they got the Final Fantasy fans excited too. So I think they definitely hit it out of the park with that. I think their hosting choice was great. I think that the way they set up the event was awesome. Um, I, I think this is definitely a huge win for Square Enix. And uh, I, I, I can only see this being a, a booming kind of situation for Final Fantasy 15 unless they screw it up somehow and delay the game, oh. which will can happen, can definitely happen. Um, and Square? that'll be... No. Yeah, right. That'll definitely be a huge, huge. That'll honestly, if this game is delayed out of this fall into next early oh, next no. year, no. Guess sir. what? Nope. Mass Effect Andromeda Done. or Final Fantasy? Sorry, I'm going with Mass Effect. You know, and that that would that would. I'm pretty sure there's people in my boat that want to play this for the first time, and you know, if you have a choice of one or the other games, you're going to go with something you already love as opposed to something that you starting to love and you want to get into. I think it getting delayed will kill it. Yeah, if Square delays this game out of 2016, or same thing with Sony and Last Guardian, those companies are screwed. They have no idea what they are in for because they've already pissed gamers off enough. And if they just jump, they're like, oh, just a few more months. If they pull this Uncharted 4 crap where they're like, oh, just a couple weeks, just a couple months, we'll, we'll get there eventually. They're... They're in. F- they're cruising for a bruising because th- they've already worn out their welcome when it comes to these two games. Cl- closing thoughts on Final Fantasy Fifteen, Jordan. You said you're anticipating it. You're not going to pre-order it, but you're going to be looking out for it. Dom, you said you're excited. You're wanting to play the demo and find out if it's going to be a game for you. And I'm super excited. And I never thought I'd ever say that about a Final Fantasy game. So it's really interesting. I think they they won yesterday. You know. So yeah. Square Enix, please don't delay. Oh, gosh. What's your topic, Dom? All right. So my topic is just gaming media in general and how we each prefer to consume it. Um, so I'm, I'm curious what you, what you guys prefer, um, as well as everyone else who might be listening. I mean, um, so me, myself, um, I'm a full-time student right now, and then I also work 30 hours a week. So my free time is absolutely precious. So whenever I do get that free time, I mean, I'm playing actual games, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, I when I'm driving and when I'm I have some, you know, available-ish time where I'm doing something at work, it doesn't require me interacting with other people, I listen to podcasts. Like, I, I love podcasts. I listen to, you know, at least five or six or seven shows every week of just pod, just audio podcasts, right? Um, I never really watch any Let's Plays um, or anything on YouTube or anything of that nature where it's kind of it's kind of got to grab most of my attention. I've never really been into any of that. Um, I do grab like occasional video review of a game I'm more interested in on YouTube, but that's about it. So I mean, I'm primarily a podcast guy. <clears throat> so I mean, seeing like how big like Let's Plays and all this other stuff has gotten, I'm curious like where that fits in in other people's lives um, compared to other things. So. So for me personally, I I'm kind of weird in the sense of I it'll make sense when I'm done with it. I can't binge things. I cannot watch more than two episodes of anything, um, like on Netflix or anything. It's just not how I'm programmed. People can watch a whole series on Netflix, right? Yeah. Episode after yep. episode after episode. I can't. It's just not how I function. I get bored. No matter how good the show is, maybe bored's the wrong thing. It's like it gets stale to me, and I need to change it up just for, so I can still enjoy the show. Maybe it's me not wanting to get through everything all at once. Um, so I don't really intake a lot of movies or TV shows. I intake a lot more um, online content. Speaking um, of that, really quick, 
House of Cards is fantastic, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, so I take a lot of online content through YouTube and stuff. I don't like listening to audio podcasts. I'm more of a visual person. I like watching the video and watching them speak as they speak. It's just how I am. I don't really like listening to audio. The only podcast I listen to solely audio is the comedy button just because they don't have a video portion of it, um, which is unfortunate. Um, I think for their Patreons, maybe they do. But uh, as far as games media, I watch Let's Plays. Um, my The primary people I watch are Rooster Teeth slash Achievement Hunter slash Let's Play. They're like three different things. The kind of funny guys. Um, I watch podcasts here and there of other people. So like I, I've listened to Nerds of the Round Table and stuff like that. But honestly, there's only about two or three podcasts I listen to. Most of my stuff is people playing video games and enjoying them. I really like that. I, I watch a lot of streamers too, actually. Um, some of my favorite streamers I watch are like Ammunition and stuff like that. And I like it because it's, it's an immediate dialogue with somebody and it's immediate feedback. Whereas with the YouTube video, you know, a lot of times they record it in advance, right? Which is st- still enjoyable, but the reason live streaming is kicked off so much is because it's this instant connection, right? There's somebody right there playing a game and you see their immediate reactions, not edited, not filtered. Yeah. It's just them. And uh, I really love I really love streaming and I, I love all that stuff. Um, so you're all in. Yeah. I, I, I like online content. I, I'll, I, I don't like TV, really. Um, my TV shows are Netflix shows. Uh, I can do without TV forever, really. I just don't watch anything on TV. I don't need to watch the local news. I have the internet for that. Um, yeah, all my stuff is on, through online, and uh, I have a lot more free time right now as of now. So I'm trying to take the free time I have now to try to digest as much as I can. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely more of a video podcast guy when it comes to games media than audio. What about you, Jordan? Um, so games media has honestly been a pretty big part of my life for most of my life. Um, I can remember even before middle school, like in elementary school, I can remember just. Um, hopping on the computer and typing in IGN.com on one tab and GameSpot.com on another just to kind of get the general gaming news from around the industry. And um, ever since then, I've been a part of that. Um, started going to IGN more in the last like four or five years. Um, that's where I got into Podcast Beyond and um, Colin and Greg and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, uh my current, um, I guess, routine when it comes to games media would be I wake up in the morning and get a shower and then usually come out to my computer and get on IGN, see uh, you know everything that happened while I was away from the website. And um, that's one of my big news sources, of course. Uh, you know, Facebook, all the pages that I like on there come through my news feed, so I see, you know, random articles and stuff from Polygon and Kotaku and stuff. But yeah, IGN, I go there pretty much every day and, and read their stuff, read their articles and watch their videos. Um, and they're not the best website out there, but they are like, you know, one of the most consistent and, uh, well-rounded, uh, like geek media and entertainment websites out there. So they're nice to be able, it's like, uh, it's nice to know that IGN's just there whenever I want my comic book or video game or movies. Oh, yeah. You know? It's nice, yeah. You see a, a video game article and also check out a review of a Game of Thrones episode or whatever, yeah. Right, right. It's like yeah. everything I'm interested in, in two in one hub, basically. Exactly. Yeah, as far as podcasts go, I had, I didn't really get into podcasts until a couple years ago, I would say. 
Um, and I've gone through all the podcast beyonds and love that podcast. Um, wait, 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 you've gone through <clears throat> all of them, like podcast all 400. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was a pizza delivery driver last year and I would just play podcast beyond while I drove pizzas around because that'll do it. It music can actually get pretty damn boring when you're just constantly listening to it and sitting in the car. So yeah, that was how I got through podcast beyond. Um, and, um, now, you know, I'm, I've been into kind of funny since they were the game over Greggy channel. So, um, I watch, you know, I've been through all the game over Greggies and, um, kind of funny games cast since been there since the beginning. So, um, I would say IGN and kind of funny are my two main like podcast placed. And then I really like Danny O'Dwyer over on GameSpot, so I watch his show a lot called The Lobby, which they've pretty much turned into a podcast. And then um, the Game Informer show I've started watching recently. If you guys um, aren't familiar with the Game Informer YouTube channel or the videos they do... They're um, pretty good, yeah. Yeah, those guys are pretty cool, and they've got kind of a similar um, goofball style to like you know IGN or especially kind of funny where you're just kind of having fun with the gang sort of thing. So the Game Informer show is a podcast I've recently started listening to. Um, as far as Let's Plays go, I don't, I've never really watched Let's Plays. If anything, it's just been for like gameplay footage that I've watched Let's Plays. Um, but of course, since Kind of Funny Games got into it, uh, I've watched some of their stuff. And really, um, I just put those on while I'm gaming if I've run out of podcasts. So... Um, other than that, uh, I loved game trailers when that was sort of still a thing, um, and they had like their own, you know, gaming-related YouTube shows that aren't an hour long, they're just a few minutes or whatever, so shout out to The Final Bossman and Huber Hype. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I, I, or what I consume. How I consume, I have two TVs set up in the room that I stay in, so... One of them is bigger, and that's like, you know, in front of my chair, and then there's a smaller one off to the right. And um, I like video podcasts better than audio just because I like that facial interaction. So, yeah, I just put, you know, whatever podcast, Podcast Beyond or whatever on the, the second TV and then play, you know, go collect stuff in Assassin's Creed Unity or whatever on my big TV. That is how I enjoy my games media. I, I would say again, it's a big part of my life and I really enjoy it. Just kind of being part of the gaming zeitgeist. So yeah, no, it's cool. It's, it, it, there's definitely something that, uh, that can fit in, fit in with everybody. Right. So, I mean, yeah, like how you guys just describe that. And then there's also, you know, pretty much every, every one of those channels also does something, just an audio podcast. Someone with a little less time or just like the way the week might work out, you know, you just have that on your phone, pop in when you're driving or whatever else. I think the interesting thing, too, is, like, I think for any of us here, no matter how much free time or how little free time we have, we would make time to listen to a podcast, right? If we only yeah. had time to listen to a podcast, we would. Right. If we had time to listen to more, then we would. Like, oh, I think that yeah. definitely shows that it's, you know, it's something that we consume because we enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, I I love – I just love being in, in, the, in the, the mindset of, like, being a gamer and listening to, you know – just listening and taking in all this information, I think it's really cool. I think um, podcasts, especially, are awesome for like passive consumption. Yeah. So, like what Agreed. you were talking about, Dom, where you're driving, or you know, me being a delivery driver, 
or you know doing side quests in in a game on one TV while you're passively watching and listening a podcast on the other or doing chores whatever it is you know they just work well they're like they pair well with a lot of things you know multitasker's best friend right exactly. Yeah, exactly when i'm walking my dogs or i'm at work you know writing code or you know responding to emails like yeah it's it's a perfect multitasker companion yeah all right speaking of multitasking jordan you have an interesting topic for us don't you Yes, we've got a new segment here on the Controlled Interest Games cast this week, and it is called Talking Trophies. <clears throat> and, so, and, and, and achievements. And achievements. <laughs> yeah, whatever those are. <laughs> whatever that is. Um, so yeah, we're talking trophies now. Um, and uh, I mentioned earlier that I've begun the quest for the uh, Assassin's Creed Unity Platinum. Which, Noble Quest. I love that game. And Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I platinum that last fall, so I already kind of know what I'm getting into. They're not super hard. They're more just, like, time-consuming. Um, it's about getting all the collectibles, completing all the challenges and the main missions. Um, just various stuff like that, killing people a certain way or whatever. Excuse me. So, I guess, uh, tell me about... Um, how you guys, you know, go about getting trophies or achievements and, um, you know, tell me like how into it you are, you know, are you a, would you consider yourself a trophy hunter? Would you consider yourself an achievement hunter or are you more just like casually enjoying it when, uh, you know, something pops in the middle of your game? So I'm a, I'm a huge achievement hunter. Um, I love it. Uh, it just, for me, you're probably the same way, Jordan, in the sense of, like, I'll play through a game, and if I really enjoy it, I want to have that, like, marker of, like, I super enjoyed this game, right? Like, I love this game. So it's, like, if I can have a platinum or if I can have a, a perfect gamer score on it, that shows to me personally that I love this game. And when other people look at it, most of the time people think, that like, oh, it's like a dick measuring contest. What's the point of achievements <laughs> or trophies? And to me, it's, like... It's not for other people. It's for me. Like, yeah. I want to see what I've accomplished. The thing that sucks is I'm hovering right now at about 80K gamer score, um, which I am in the top percentile. I was reading this thing for um, the 10-year anniversary of Xbox Live. They released statistics, and they gave you your own statistics. And for me having 80 – there's a lot of people with a lot more achievement score than I have. For me having almost 80K, I was in the top, like, 6%, I think, of all Xbox gamers, Jeez. which is insane to me. Because I don't think my score is that high, um, uh, but the way it works for Xbox is they, you know, a game will come out with a thousand gamer score usually, and each achievement has a different score to it. So kind of like in the sense of like there's bronze, silver, golds, and then a platinum, right? There's no platinum trophy in X in, on Xbox, but it's like, you know, your bronze trophies are worth five or ten points. Your and thank silver... you, Jared, for explaining to us why the trophy system is so much better than the achievement system. I have to disagree. <laughs> there, you just said there's no such thing as a platinum, and you got to, like, complete the score for it to be your technically considered platinum or whatever. No, we got, we got platinums, we got golds, we got silver, bronze. You know exactly where you stand. They're not even in order when you go on a game. Like, they're not even, like put nicely like i've seen lists for trophies and it's like there's like a silver and then a bronze and like i don't know i just don't like the way it's formatted but yeah. teach their own you know um sure. if i would have started on playstation i would have loved 
I would love trophies. I actually, I owned a PlayStation, PlayStation Two, and then 360 was when I made the jump. Um, Trader. <laughs> I think it's I think it's so satisfying to hear the bloop, and it's probably I don't know what the notification is when you get a trophy, um, but it's probably satisfying when you get that right. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's just like. I wouldn't say I'm hardcore. I'm not like the people with like 300 gamer score, but I'm not very casual about it. I do enjoy it and I like – I'll go back to games and I'll be like, that's weird. I don't have this achievement and I'll go and get that specific achievement. I have these weird things too where I make sure to complete certain titles games. So like the last like five Maddens I have perfect scores in just because. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's fun. It's kind of like an add-on. I think if Nintendo implements this in their system, I think it'll be great for all Nintendo fans. Um, if the console's worth buying, that is. But, like, it's so... That'd be cool if there was something retroactively, too, with your Nintendo account. It's just so... It's a cool legacy thing, right? It's like, I've played for this long. Um, and I think it's... I think it's... That's one untalked-about thing that puts Xbox and PlayStation above Nintendo is you have this legacy profile, when you go to Nintendo, it's like there's no legacy there. You can talk about all these games you played, but there's not like a, a hard set legacy that you can look at that's yeah. public to everybody. You know, it's kind of weird to me considering Nintendo's known for being like the grandfather. You know, um, it's really weird. Uh, that'd be cool. I could just imagine like, you know, the kind of like achievements for like a Legend of Zelda game. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, it's it's definitely not passive, but it's not super hardcore. I enjoy getting, uh, you know, achievements, and uh, I love perfecting games. There's nothing like it. It's just a cool – You, I, I don't really feel finished with the game unless I've perfected it. Like, even if I complete a game, loved it, if I see that there's achievements I haven't unlocked, it feels like, ugh. Like, I don't even want to see it because I know I, I didn't complete the game to its full potential. So, so all right. For me, I, I'm glad they exist. Actually, first of all, really quick. Obviously, when you when you platinum a game, I mean, you call it a platinum. What what's the vernacular on Xbox? You just one hundred percent perfected, it perfected, perfected. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I guess that says something right there. I don't even know like what you call that. Is that maybe I'm just out of the loop? But platinum to me is like synonymous with one hundred percent, even almost like regardless of the platform. Like I would say, Jared. Did you platinum that game on Xbox? I mean, yeah, like I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to somebody asking if I platinum something on Xbox. Like, right. and I understand it. It'd be like somebody asking somebody if they perfected a game on PlayStation. Like, it's not the correct verbiage, or you know, you know I, yeah. But it, so, it, yeah. Um, so for me, the the amount of time it takes to platinum a game is just it. It rarely fits in with. I mean. Not just not that I don't have enough time, but like I don't have enough time to play that game for that long. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean I've I've actually only platinumed one game, and it was uh, Dark Souls Two. Actually, I did Dark wow. Souls One as well. That's a hard platinum. That was a hard time. Dark Souls Two was actually really easy. Oh, they um, said Dark Souls. I didn't know you said Dark Souls. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, both of them. Sorry. Yeah, the original Dark Souls was an extremely hard platinum because there was this one like slab of stone that you needed to upgrade certain weapons. But you only could get one for a playthrough. It was it was ridiculous, and you needed like five of them to yeah. upgrade this weapon to the you know what I mean to get the actual achievement. Um, Dark Souls Two was much easier. Bloodborne, I came like so close to getting the platinum, but the, the chalice dungeons just like I, that they just they destroyed me. I I, <laughs> I I was I've never been so frustrated with anything in my life. Like you get half your health bar, and the bosses are five times as hard as usual it's just 
Oh, it just makes you want to do horrible <laughs> things to people. Like, Fallout 4's platinum isn't that hard from what I've heard. Oh, except for uh, the, uh, the, the the settlement trophy. The settlement thing, yeah. But they've 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 had there's workarounds now to that. So I'm I'm like fifty percent to it. I'll probably grab it. I'll I'll probably grab the platinum on that. But yeah, I've not really been into into doing it that much. I mean, I just oh, I I wish I could. I don't know because there's some games that are great games. Uh, the Last of Us, you know, I think this is like one of the greatest games ever made. The, uh, there was just no way I was ever getting that trophy list is garbage. There, yeah, there's just total, no, totally there's no way. Up. Like there's few games I like more, but there was no way I was getting that platinum. Just, I would no. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, and this is kind of a side topic on this, with trophies and achievements, I would rather have a game have nothing than it be terrible. Like, yeah. because a lot of times achievements and trophies show how much a developer cares about that. And yeah. it's a little thing that a percentage, I think it's a bigger percentage than people think of that unlock achievements and trophies. But like, just showing, like, having an appre- appreciation for that kind of thing, like... Man, The Last of Us, for that being such a good game, I couldn't give that a ten because, I'm because it's trophy list is so garbage. So the only the only other aspect that I I dis or the only aspect I dislike about these, I mean, yeah, there's when you get a bad list of trophies. Obviously, that sucks. But then there's games where if you don't, if you pay attention and you get the trophy list beforehand, and you basically optimize your first playthrough to get as many trophies as you can. Yeah, that drives me nuts. So in in New Vegas, um. I just but that's a the problem f- with the gamer, though, right? That's not a problem with the game. No, not necessarily. Well, well, yeah, I mean, it's a me problem, right? If I choose to optimi- optimize my playthrough so I can get the most, you know, the most trophies I can each run, I think it, that can, to me, it's like, it's I'm taking away from the experience. Granted, I'm doing it myself, but it's taking away from the experience. Like, I'm not playing it how I naturally would, just going through and doing whatever. Instead, I'm, you know, going through things in a specific order, as outlined by this guide I looked up online, um, and saving at this specific spot and then coming back and making a different choice. I don't know. It's just, to me, there's, it just, it can take away from the experience if you do that to yourself. No, can, you know, some, I, and it depends on the list again, like yeah, what trophies are there, there are for that game. But there are in scenarios where I think it, it kind of, it can, you know, harm the experience that you're getting. I, I totally get where you're coming from, Dom, because, um, it may be partly the gamer's fault, but you have to think about like a big thing is missable trophies. And also like what you're talking about with the stone slab and dark souls, not necessarily missable, but ones that if you don't do it on your first playthrough, or if you don't do it a certain way at a certain time, it can just make it like blisteringly difficult and And, really, and dark souls is notorious for that kind of stuff in general. If you do, you know, if you talk to one person at the wrong time or right. You know, exactly. if you kill an NPC, then everything is ruined and you have to start a new game. Yeah, so kind of stuff. If I'm even, like, thinking... First of all, I'd say I, I don't consider myself, like, a platinum hunter, but I consider myself a trophy hunter. Like, there's plenty of games that I go and I, I work, you know, separately to get specific trophies for without ever intending to get the platinum. And it's like, you know, silver and golds are worth a bunch of points anyways, so it's not like I have to have a platinum if I want a trophy hunt in a game. So I'm not quite as hardcore as you, Jared, but um, I do enjoy that, that hunt. I do enjoy, like, especially, like we've all said, games that are particularly special to us. It's nice to be able to go and, and do a little something extra that it isn't DLC or anything like that. So It gives you a reason I... to play the games you love more, which is cool. Yeah, Right. And 
you know, if I'm even like thinking about a platinum or thinking about trophy hunting in a game, before I even start it, I'll go ahead and just look up the trophy guide so that I know if there's anything missable, if there's anything, you know, that I have mm-hmm. to look out for. So I play it, and I think this is how other people should do it. Like, you have to play it as an enjoyable experience. Like, you can't... I've had Platinums that I went for that are just, like, uh, banging your head against a brick wall, and it just makes you upset, and it makes you like the game less, and 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 nobody really has fun there, so... I think the I, best way... I think the best way to do it is just to make sure that you're, like, allowing yourself to have fun. No, I think... Um... That goes without saying, but I think the best way to do it is um, how you just described you're playing Unity. So you played through it once. Yeah. Months ago or a year ago or whatever. And then if it's a game that, I mean, you play through it once without giving consideration to the platinum. I mean, you're going to go grab some trophies where you can, but, and then when you're done, you know, if it's a game you really loved, yeah, come back and then do your platinum playthrough. Sure. Where you're, you're optimizing everything you do and you're making sure everything's step by step and taking the best route to get that platinum. But, uh, again, if it's a game you really love and, Know, and it works that way. I think that would be pre- the preferred method. Yeah. And a lot of times, once you beat a game, you can kind of just, you know, you know where certain things are, you know how to get certain trophies or whatever, so it makes that platinum experience a lot easier. So, in the coming week, what are we going to be playing? For me, uh, as we talked about earlier in the episode, Games of Gold is releasing uh, A Wolf Among Us, and I've been excited to get it. I played through the first episode. It's been free for the longest time, but now that I'm getting the whole game, I love Telltale, so I'm going to be you know, steamrolling through that. I, I love their games. Apparently, it's a, it's a great game. Um, I'm going to be playing you know, the usual smite, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but yeah, I don't have too many definitive plans except for... Um, a Wolf Among Us. Uh, oh, and Dead Space, because Dead Space is going to be available. I definitely want to download that and start playing through that again. It's been ages since I played through Dead Space. Play through so, it in the dark. Well, yes. Yeah, with headphones. Yeah, I love Dead Space. It's just been so long since I played it. So yeah, Dead Space and A Wolf Among Us. Uh, what about you guys? I'm definitely going to download the uh, Final Fantasy demo. Check that out. Um, otherwise, again, I'm still anxiously awaiting Dark Souls 3. I'm preparing <laughs> to die. Oh, you got like two weeks now? I'm so pumped. So for me, I, uh, like I said, I finished Mass Effect and I'm waiting just a little bit to start the second one. So um going to be playing lots of Assassin's Creed, um, maybe throw back in some Persona 3 because I still need to finish that. But uh, yeah, working on the AC Unity Platinum and really enjoying the um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate Jack the Ripper DLC. So um, now that I've got it downloaded, I'll probably play the Final Fantasy Platinum demo as well. Oh, that's right. I'm going to grab the Ted Bundy DLC for Fallout 2. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Sounds like we got a good week ahead of us. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening to the Controlled Interest Gamescast. This was Episode 5. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on MySpace. Probably not MySpace. Um, so yeah, as always, thank you guys for all the follows, the listens, the likes, the shares, everything. This community is growing. Uh, as long as we get, you know, one new listener a week, that means we're doing something and that's awesome. Thank you guys for enjoying what we do here. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Any closing words, Jordan, Dom? Hashtag smash the dunst. Dom? Dunst the smash or smash (laughs) the dunst. Dunst the smash. Alrighty guys, catch you guys next week. Bye.